welcome to the Kids Planet Podcast. An opportunity to explore the highs and lows of raising under fives. Here are your hosts from the Kids Planet marketing team, Sarah Murphy and Emma Palowski. Hello and welcome to today's podcast with special guest Laura Amies, a childcare expert with 20 years experience. Laura, thank you for coming on. Um, Could you introduce yourself to us and tell us a bit about your journey as a nanny and a childcare expert? Yeah, first of all, hello and thank you so much for having me. Um, As you said, I am Laura Amies and I currently consult parents on all things childcare the most challenging of sleep disturbances, selective eating, challenging behaviours, potty training, you know, things that can really have parents baffled <laughs> as to how to progress. Um, and I started working with children kind of 20 years ago in nurseries, daycare, private daycare, and just kind of progress it was just a natural progression really um I went from working in nurseries to schools and then becoming a private nanny and then more recently moved to London where I was a private nanny for 10 years and learned so much more than I ever dreamt I could um Wow, yeah. Could go on and on and on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. It sounds like you've covered all bases. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What have you sort of noticed as like the standout most common behaviour problems in in toddlers so far? Um, Are there any signs to look out for, for sort of developing like these traits that these behaviours... I I mean... Obviously, it's common and well known that when your child gets to that kind of 18 month window, they can become just that little bit more determined, more forthright, and they realise that they can have an impact on their environment and the people within it. So it's around that kind of window. window. Now, obviously, all children are different, and mm. this is just generalised. But around that window, it's important to try and have in your own mind some kind of rules and boundaries because what tends to happen from what I've seen in many households your child gets to this age and it's suddenly quite comical that they're you know stamping their foot and saying no (laughs) and it's almost (laughs) in some way you know it's kind of it's, it's welcomed not in a sense that you are intentionally encouraging it but you know, there's so many times I've heard the phrase, oh, she's such a diva. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it does seem funny at the time, but the problem is if when children figure that these kind of behaviours can result in them, you know, maybe getting what it is they're asking for, whether it's the 10th snack of the day, but actually they've not eaten lunch, but they've created yeah. such a stink and then they get that snack. It's It sounds really straightforward when I'm saying it out loud, but it's those little things that don't seem like such a big deal when they are, you know, when they're 18 months or two years old, that actually by the time they're five, for example, it's no longer cute or funny. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you mentioned before about working in kind of nurseries, playgroups, schools, family homes. Um, so we were quite interested to find out whether you think toddler behaviour changes when children do begin at nursery. Yes, I think it's, you know, if we all consider ourselves, we have different faces, don't we, depending on whether we are at work, with our best friends, with acquaintances or family. We we all 
manage to slot into different characters almost depending on our environment and that's something we learn at a really young age it's something that we develop over time and what happens a lot within a nursery environment the staff are usually singing from a similar hymn sheet there's a really big structure isn't there and routine to the day so children are just kind of swept along in the routine of things more often than not obviously there's always the odd little bout of challenging behavior here and there and the odd tantrum because that's just the nature of a child Hmm. but more often than not they they are able to almost get swept up in a bit of a sheep-like fashion and then at home if it's just them you know, and a parent who has been at work themselves and then they get home and they just don't want to have to manage any negative behaviours and it's much easier to, say, give the iPad or to not have the strict or firm boundaries, Mm. then it doesn't take children very long to figure out where they can, you know, have their leeway in the most way. So on that, do you sort of have any best practice advice for parents um, on how to work with the nursery staff and how to start that start that going really yeah I think having an open communication between your child carer or your child's teacher whether you know they're in private daycare whether you have a nanny whether they are at school whatever it is having an open communication and keeping each other up to date on Maybe how they've slept at home, for example. If they've not slept very well, then their behaviour might not be what we would hope it to be during the day. Um, So that's the first thing. Make sure that you feel comfortable to talk to each other about the child's behaviour. And if... I think it's really helpful for parents to try and follow a very similar routine to what their child is in within their daycare, because daycare settings usually have a really good structure and nicely timed gaps between meals and rest times and play times and outdoor times etc etc so if if at all possible it's nice if the routines at home can mirror those at nursery because that in itself provides a bit of security so the child can predict what's coming next and that's that's yeah it creates kind of natural boundaries doesn't it that way with your routine um but I think probably the biggest thing for for parents when they have their children at home is it's a bit of a guilt if they've been at work all day and then some parents only literally get that last hour of the day with their children so you're up against it anyway because your child's tired yeah you know and I think the most important thing is is it's okay to keep those boundaries in place Mm. and it's not All your child really wants is your attention, eye contact, you know, verbal interaction. So it's kind of allowing yourself really to keep those boundaries in place and know that even if they are a bit sad that they can't quite have what they want in that moment to to know that you can still work on your bond with them. You can still have a lovely time whilst keeping a boundary in place because the more you keep the boundary in place, the more your child will respect it and learn to not push back as hard yeah no that makes sense actually that's really good advice good (laughs) yeah definitely I just babble on honestly I will just go on and on and on and then I suddenly think right Laura let's let's come up for air now (laughs) (laughs) no no, it's super interesting honestly it's so good to listen to you yeah and do you think there is like an ideal daily structure for a toddler for example if you know 
parents are struggling at home, is there any advice for them? Yeah, I like to follow... I really use mealtimes as a bit of a guidance because I think they highlight natural kind of peaks and troughs throughout the day. So depending on a wake-up time, obviously you're going to have your breakfast first and then maybe some just relaxed free play in the morning so you can get on with chores or anything that you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a couple of hours after breakfast, I would think about a snack, but that snack might be indoors outdoors on the move just depending on what it is you need to be doing but I think getting outside at some point is really important I like to try and get out twice a day but I know that's not always feasible um but getting outside at least once will help so much with their sleep and just you know running off any pent-up energy and excitement and I think it's good for it's good for the adult in charge as well. Even if yeah. we don't feel like it, you, you <laughs> never feel worse after a nice walk, do you? Well, unless obviously that your child is trying to escape and that's a whole other issue. But you know, nine times out of ten, getting outside is really nice. Um, and then obviously it would be a lunch and always a nap or quiet time. That's for me a non-negotiable. So Obviously, when your child gets to a certain age, the the naps will naturally drop. But even if the nap drops, I always advise that there is that quiet time in the day and mainly for the child's benefit, but also, you know, for for you guys, it's nice if you can to just find yourself a moment to sit down with a cup of tea and to kind of psych yourself up for the afternoon. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, and then the afternoon would either be some kind of adult-led activity or an outing or some more free play, maybe a bit of screen time, not too much from my perspective. And then, you know, a snack and and your evening meal. So I just, each day is going to be different depending on what it is you've got going on and whether you're going to play groups or, you know, bits and bobs. But just thinking, following the a general structure of the meals and the quiet time and then alongside the bedtime that just keeps your day ticking over well it it does for me definitely and you mentioned naps do you have any top tips for a bedtime routine yeah consistency is the biggest thing doing the same thing every single evening like a chain of events is really important because it it just sets you up your body your mind your spirit to know <laughs> what is coming next and trying to have a really nice wind down time so i always say from around kind of 6 p.m if you can just try where possible to just start you know lower voices and just purposely slow down movements if you can have all the screens off there's fascinating studies between the effects that screen time, whether it be TV or an iPad, that that can have on our ability to then drift off. I can't remember the exact figures, but it's something silly like each five minutes of screen time adds on an extra two minutes to for our ability for our brain to kind of switch off. And really, yeah, it's fascinating. And you know, I know more and more it's so easy to rely on screens that it's a godsend but towards bedtime I always try to limit it for that reason so that our brains aren't being stimulated um you know it's kind of like being aware of the wake cues and the sleep cues and our 
system, if we think of kind of our caveman system, our instinctive animal instincts, we are set to be very alert to our surroundings from a safety perspective via um, sound, light, movement. It means that we are actually, we need to be aware of what's happening around us. So if we bear that in mind for the opposite, a sleep cue would be, you know, a darkened environment, a calmer environment, Mm. a quieter environment. So if you can integrate that into your bedtime routine, that's half the battle done, I would say. Yeah, that that's really good advice as well. I was I was going to say actually just on that because um, I've not long ago had a baby actually. Oh, <laughs> and congratulations! Had, um, <laughs> thank you. We have um, we've been working on our bedtime routine. Um, I can't even remember when it started really, but from maybe like four months. But I remember mm-hmm. researching into it a lot, and he's in a really good um, bedtime routine actually, and he's always slept quite well. But um, a couple of my friends had baby around the same time and we were never sure when you should start introducing that bedtime routine. Like, should you start it from the off or? Yeah, there's so much conflicting advice on this. Yeah, it's really hard to know. Yeah. So what I always start off with is to, to really just follow your gut with that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, with social media and people like me, I will put my hands up. I'm forever spouting my opinion online. (laughs) I always always hope that people know that I never in a million years would dream that anybody would follow my word religiously. And, you know, you have to, you have to find what works for you. And most people are just in survival mode those first few months, aren't they? You, You have close contact, sleep, the kind of things that I would kind of advise against for a three-year-old, for example, you don't even have to worry about when they're teeny tiny. It shouldn't even be a consideration. You just get through it. You get through the day. Mm. But then if you can, when you get into kind of that fourth month, if you can at least put some rhythm into your day. Yeah. That I think is really important. Well, obviously, our ultimate goal with sleep is for a baby's inner body clock to start cottoning onto the fact of when it's day and when it's night, when it's time to be awake, when it's time to be asleep. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's hard, isn't it? Because on an evening, there's nothing more tempting than, you know, having all the lamps on the tv on you've got your phone screen and you're just getting through but if around that fourth month like I say you can just start to be aware of the lights and the sounds um you know depending on their nap schedule I'm not suggesting that you all go to bed at (laughs) 8 p.m but just become aware of it and then really by the sixth month um it's it's nice to have some kind at least their bedtime routine to be in place just to help them progress through the second half of that first year yeah no definitely it's it's funny actually you said about the lights because we bought quite a few different you know patterned lights to encourage sleep and mm-hmm. they never worked for him at all but I just thought it was what he was like but maybe it's just something that keeps babies up and I didn't know yeah well no there are certain (laughs) lights which are are designed to help with that so that you can kind of see what you're doing but they're not stimulating you know out that alert and that wake cue Um, yeah 
But I, it, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's so hard. And it is, it, like I said a moment ago, there's so many different products on the market, different opinions. And heaven help anybody that Googles something like baby sleep and naps because the amount of articles and, you know, yeah. varying opinions. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's so much. It's so hard to like get to the get to the answer that I don't know. Not not even that the answer that you want. Just the answer that feels feels right. Like it works yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, every baby, every child is different. You know, we're all. I yeah. always like to say that. It, do you know the whole like nature versus nurture debate? Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating, but I, I feel the bottom line really comes down to the fact that we should nurture your child's nature because naturally we are all different and you know you could put two three four five month olds beside each other and they are all going to naturally sink into a different routine yeah you know so it's it's really what suits you and your little family unit yeah no it's a really interesting concept actually um but um right I've got a bit of a directional change here actually if I'm going back to the script (laughs) um but um, we did want to mention it. Um, we wanted to mention your TV show. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, Toddlers Behaving Very Badly. Um, we were just wondering how that sort of came about um, and what your biggest takeaways were from doing the show. Well, really interesting. It was it was pretty much a case of being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And I'm incredibly passionate about childcare, child development, so if I get half the chance, I will bore anybody about my <laughs> opinions and tactics and, you know, approaches. Um, and I was lucky enough to find myself speaking to a TV producer without realising I was speaking to a TV producer. No way! Yeah, yeah, it was a really <laughs> oh my gosh. moment. And I thought they were just you know, maybe planning to have a family of their own. They kept asking me different questions about how I might react to certain instances and if anybody asks me a question about childcare, like I've said, I will always answer the question. And then after a little while, they said, gosh, I think you'd make a really good TV nanny. To which point I laughed. Wow. You know, it was the kind of conversation I had with my friend the next day. Oh, my gosh, you wouldn't believe what somebody said to me. <laughs> and then, yeah, it just kind of went from there, really. So it was an amazing opportunity. And um, it's, even now, it doesn't really feel real and like it actually happened, to be honest. It was a bit like a you know, like a moment in time that's a bit hazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine that. No, definitely. And um, you, you mentioned tactics as well. What kind of tactics do you find works? I know people talk about the naughty stuff and things like that, but what do you <laughs> find yeah. works best? You know, it, I think the most important thing is to, first of all, consider the child's temperament because for some children going on the naughty step, for example, is like throwing gasoline on a fire. And it could be really the worst thing you could do in that instance. So if, for example, you've got a very strong-willed child and they've hit their brother and you put them on the step to have a think about what they've done, the chances are with that, the child will become so frustrated by having to sit on the step that you've had this massive battle. They've been on and off, on and off. Before you know it, the hitting incident that that earned them the place on the step has been completely forgotten and you've got whole other trouble behaviours on your hands. Mm. So that, you know, that kind of lesson about how we shouldn't hit is never really met. You might have another child who's very, very timid and 
you know, and hit out of frustration and you might send them to have a little think about things and they might never do it again. So the first point is to always work with your child's temperament. And that is something I would always encourage people to research online. There's nine different temperaments. And if you look at each wow. one and the different scales that you're on, yourself included as parents versus your child's temperaments, that is fascinating. And it can make all the behaviours seem so clear and you you suddenly think, oh, yeah, that's why they do that. Wow. But as a general tactic, as a, as a go-to, what I try to use is the um, listen, validate and distract tactic. So, you know, as an example, they're, they're asking for a snack and it's really tempting to say, no, you're not having any, no, no. You know, and that's really natural for us in a rush to just you know, throw that comment out there. But to, you know, to a persistent toddler or youngster, they're, they're not going to take no for an answer, are they? <laughs> and that in itself can lead to fireworks. So if you if you have that moment to to just, you know, take a breather and look, look them in the eye, crouch down to their level and say, yeah, you really want a snack, hey? Oh, maybe later. And then you distract whatever that be whether it'll be a kiss and a hug or come on let's go read a book or wow did you see that bird fly by yeah. the window <laughs> you know and often just by making that eye contact with them and dropping to their level and showing them that you heard and that you listened that is you know a massive thing for little ones because what mm. what i've noted happens in and it's so now I'll, I'll always say this at the beginning of any you know, little opinion I have, it's so natural and understanding. But what tends to happen is you've got a million things to do. So you're in the kitchen, for example, and you've got your back to them and you're trying to prep dinner or tea or whatever. And you just look over your shoulder. No. So to a, to a youngster, they, they just feel like they've got to try and let you understand. So they're going to get louder. They're going to get strong, more strong-willed. And you don't, you, do you understand I need a snack? That, but they can't verbalise it that way. So they mm. will, you know, that a lot of behaviour is just really a child making sure that everybody understands what's going on here. I need a snack. <laughs> so, you know, the, the listen, validate and distract for me is a really a good go-to strategy. Brilliant. Yes, really interesting. Thank you. Um, and if our listeners want to follow your story or get in touch with you, um, what's kind of the best way for them to connect with you? Well, unfortunately, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, <laughs> way more than I should. <laughs> so Instagram's a really good place to um, contact me just because I do try to post daily tips on there. So if I I try on a daily basis to go through my DMs and I will always respond to anything I see. Um, I have currently, my website has been under construction for about six months, which is a very touchy subject. And I'm going to swiftly move on because it makes me very sad. Um, but yeah, hopefully soon you can contact me via website also. <laughs> and what's your um, Instagram handle? Nanny Amy's. Brilliant. Um, and we always like to close the show with a fun question, if you don't mind. No, go for it. <laughs> so if you could have dinner with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Do you know, I, I'm not even leading with the actor's name. I'm going to go right off with Del Boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that is one of my favorite programs. How random. I've never even thought about this before. That literally was a brain dump. But yeah, Del Boy, how good would that dinner be? (laughs) (laughs) It would be really good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for today, Laura. Oh, thank Um, you. It was lovely. Oh, you've been such a great guest. Honestly, I've taken away a lot from it and I'm sure sure that our listeners will too. I hope Um, so. (laughs) okay well thanks for that Um, do join us again for another episode of All Things Early Years thanks for joining us and to our guest today tune in next month and in the meantime pop over to our website and follow us on social media Kids Planet working together to inspire your world